0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show.
1: Welcome to episode four of the Chris and Andre Show. we've been hanging out with you guys for a few weeks now. And we're gonna of course talk about things that kinda of pop into our minds, and we really hope that you, you know, have comments, feedback, suggestions, or You stop listening if you really don't like it, but um, it's week four. Chris,
0: (laughs) (laughs) is it? Well, technically, it's week five because we skipped a week in there. Uh, True. Yeah, you're right. Week five. We had a bye week for Christmas.
1: It's kind of like Denver's entire season.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, Los Angeles and them Chadges too. So <laughs> is that where we're going to start? We're going to start with sports today? Let's talk about sports. There's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a
1: lot of good football on Sunday. That's what uh, I heard.
0: Sports.
1: I mean, I, I think I watched, I did watch both the conference uh, playoff games, which were pretty good. And I will say this. I think that what Casey did to get that win was in, was incredible. And Houston players and fans alike are probably like, how do we crap away a twenty-one to zero? We lose twenty points.
0: Who was it that played yesterday?
1: Um, what? Is Seattle. Yeah. I and I will tell you this: that I gained the new respect for Russell Wilson. Um, he kept that. I mean, what they were able to do in the last minutes of the game it was all Russell Wilson. It was, it was like they were dropping passes. It was. a, It was insane and a testament to what type of player he is. Uh, His composure in the game was phenomenal. I watched, you know, just you could tell he was a baseball player by the way he was sliding. (laughs) I was like, that guy totally played baseball. Um, It was it was amazing to watch him play, and I think he'll be on my list of uh, top quarterbacks, even when he retires. I mean, I I just thought he was phenomenal. I could not believe the tenacity that he showed in that game. It was just, it was mind blowing.
0: That's the thing that I think you know, has always really impressed me about Russell and it's that he, he, I mean, no matter what, right. Like he, he always feels like he's got a shot to win the game yeah. until that clock ticks zero, you know, and it, he'll go out and throw three or four interceptions. Right. I mean, like, cause I always look back at that, uh, the divisional game in Seattle against green Bay, uh, like four years ago, I think it was 2015 or 2016 where they went to the super bowl. And, you know, he throws four interceptions in the game. Almost every single one of them was when he was targeting Jermaine Curse, right? And then comes back to not only lead them to overtime, but then throws the game-winning touchdown, which is this beautiful bomb on why anybody ever runs cover zero against Russell Wilson is beyond me. Every single time that they do it, he sees it and he's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to throw it up to my big receiver that I trust. You know, and he, he did it against was it the uh, the eagles right in right. the wild card uh round with with metcalf so um i think they deserve
1: to be there i think they definitely deserve that playoff game yeah. uh, and i really think that aaron Rodgers. i mean i'm not a green bay fan but i i yeah. i want to see i want to see him go to the super bowl I'm, I, think- I
0: i disagree with you there and that i don't i don't care for Aaron Rodgers very much <laughs> from a personality standpoint I've just never I don't know uh he, don't remember he's my rule man I, I know and I understand uh you know uh, I'm hey that's your rule and not mine so <laughs> definitely, definitely <adopted. laughs> but yeah I just I, I you know I, I look I I do right I respect his game you know yeah. like I understand he is a an extremely talented quarterback um you know he showed
1: it. He showed it the other day, man. It, yeah. was, it was impressive. Yeah, it was. It was beyond impressive. His again. It was. There, there were two quarterbacks that deserved to be there. Their composure and their ability to to read the game, the ability to execute the plays, even when they made you know bum shots. Yeah. It was just. It was just mind blowing.
0: Yeah, but and, that. I mean that that uh, Kansas City Houston game was oh, ridiculous. I I mean that. And yeah, if you're a Houston fan, I don't know. But then, I mean, there's a lot of fans out there that I think have a right to be upset. I mean, look at, think about Baltimore fans, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I know, you know, Naomi uh, was not particularly happy <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday night. Um, and I mean, you have a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that completed what, like, for seventy-six passing yards or something like that in the yeah. game. Had seven completions, and they win because I mean, they just they know how to run the ball. That's a big part of it. Um, but, well,
1: I mean, I, I think that when you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Deshaun Watson. It's it's something that I've kind of well, I've actually hinted. It's like hey, you can have a great season or two, but when people figure it you out, you're not that great. Um, well, not, not that they're not that great, but it's not brand new anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of when, when a defense, when another, well, actually any sports team, you can take that phenom player and you can break them apart. Like, and it's just what it is. Um, and it's, what do they do in a couple seasons down the road, especially in football that separates them, you know, um, well, this is two to- years in a row for
0: Baltimore that you know they've gone to the playoffs with what looked like a really good team and got yeah, beaten they- by 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 somebody that a lot of the pundits would have said had no shot. Right? I mean, right. last year it was the Chargers. This year, in, in the wild card round, this year it was the the Titans. The Titan. Um, but
1: well, the Titans are most of their defenses. They're all um, on a plant based diet. So, um,
0: is that what but- it is?
1: <laughs> I mean those guys have energy like when they come off the line it's it's you can see the difference yeah um and they're big you know i I just I marvel at how these really huge guys can get that much speed um and I discount a lot of times until I actually see it and I saw it in all the games over the weekend I'm like wow uh it is possible to be like 280 300 pounds and still have some uh, get up and go so I, I it was great football. Yeah. It was probably the most exciting football, the most exciting football games I've seen in a long time. Well, um, and
0: this is the time of year when I can actually start watching teams that I don't care about because it's it's the football is good enough. You know, throughout yeah. the rest of the yeah. season, I I don't pay that much attention to to football that isn't you know my my two teams. <laughs> I, I real again
1: I like I said and I, I get a new respect for Russell I was like wow that guy that guy is the truth right there he showed his heart and man um, yeah, they took that L but it was a deserved L it was like <laughs> kind of what it wasn't like they 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 got beat they lost the game so you know in sports I think it's not about you get beat when you're not showing up to play Um yeah. You lose the game when it's just the difference of the points in my mind. So I think they took the L. It was deserved. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, like he doesn't really have people to throw through throw to. His
0: they're yeah, right. Mean, run- Devont- well, oh c- come on though. He's got Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. He doesn't have people to throw to. Uh
1: eh. no. I, I mean, when you look at the co- <laughs> <laughs> when, when you look at the coverage, like he didn't have a lot of options there. So there were plays where. Yeah. No. no, I
0: mean, I mean, Aaron throws guys open, you know? Yeah. So,
1: I don't know. So that was, I mean, on top of that, next to basketball,
0: yeah, Roy Williams,
1: I've lost every <laughs> credible ounce of respect for that man.
0: Because he lost to Clemson or because of the way that he's been behaving? Because of the way he's been behaving. Okay. I'm glad because like, honestly, the whole, the whole the Roy shtick that he's putting on now, it's the same stuff he does every time that the team doesn't perform the way that he wants. It's just that this time he doesn't actually have the horses to come back, I guess, but he's uh, driving the car. No, I understand. But what, what I'm saying is that from an outsider's perspective, somebody who's not a fan of Carolina, it's it's something that is constantly kind of mocked. Yeah. You know, like it's it's a shtick, and so it it I don't know. I think as if you're someone who's not a fan, then it gets kind of tired, you know, and old. You get like, yeah, I get it, Roy. Uh huh. Oh, poor Roy. I don't have the horses, or you know, I I don't have the players to be able to do it, or y'all should just fire me, and you know, like that that whole poor me thing.
1: I I I kind of want him fired if he's so bold to say that I have no talent on the team I and mean, he's driving the car.
0: Right, like what you're the one that bought the tires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and it's not like you have your hands tied behind your back when you're out recruiting you know right. like y- you recruited these guys you're the one and you know i mean like i think we talked about uh at lunch last week with like state you know like cj bryce has been out and they haven't been playing all that well they they got that win at notre dame but you know how good is notre dame gonna end up being at the end of the year um right. lost at virginia tech you know got clobbered in the second half but um you know is is one player that important and or, or should it be right and ultimately right. no like you should you should have the players and especially in roy williams case where you've been there for you know almost 15 years now yeah and carolina
1: is like one of those top schools you want to go to so it's not like he's he's begging for recruits or
0: he. no that's the opposite way around right i mean um, like you're you're rec- you're uh competing with kentucky and you know duke but outside of that if you're carolina like who else are you really worried about stealing players right. you know you come <laughs> like not anymore <laughs> right like arizona no not with all the crap right. that's going on there um
1: yeah i don't know i've lost a lot of respect it's going to take a lot for and again it's i don't understand where his motivation was in saying that but it it's it's disappointing. It's like people that say when people put on their resume or their LinkedIn profile, I'm a leader. (laughs) It's like, yo, if you have to say that, you're probably not a leader. Right. So please shut up. (laughs) Uh, Um, so I I don't know. I just, I lost a lot of respect for him there. And I I know the season is shot. Odds of them doing well in the ACC tournament are pretty slim. Um, and, you know, the ACC tournament could make or break if they could you know, get into uh, the NCAA, but I don't think they're going to have it.
0: I just, I mean, I guess it, it makes me laugh in some sense because state fans are often ridiculed for having unrealistic expectations and, you know, all of this stuff. It's funny to me that as a, carolina fan i mean like you're ready to get rid of roy williams at this point the dudes won multiple national championships goes to like the final four almost every year he has one bad season now and everybody's like nah get his ass out of here he's done he's done i told you he was no good and it's like i mean it's just funny I saw you know? what i'm saying i know I'm it's not like- that's not you but they, that's you know, some of the the fringe, right? The the yeah. the lunatic Carolina fringe that does exist are out there thinking that, you know, Roy is over the hill and he never had it and all that's it's just funny to me.
1: I think he's a great coach. I just think he should he should keep his mouth shut. Like that's that was that's what's it for me. I can take the losing season. I can be like, Well, this is not our season. Yeah. If something's wrong and, and I'm gonna trust that you guys can figure that out. But what I can't take is why are you? Why are you crapping all over your players? That's your team. Yeah, that I really don't
0: get. You know, like,
1: that's I, what, yeah, that's what I'm hung up on. I, I can't get off that speed bump. Everything else was fine. Yo, you're, you're taking outs. Okay, whatever. You're you're losing games. You probably shouldn't have lost. All right, you figure that out. How, whatever that means to you. Yeah. Because I'm not the coach of the freaking
0: team. Right. But, that's not my job, buddy. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> but I want you. Like, why are you talking crap about your team? Like you can probably say this player, you know, they need to work on this or they need to work on that specifics. But to say I have I don't have talent, right? Get out of here.
0: That and again, like, who do you expect to feel sorry for you in that situation? That's the other thing that I just don't understand. Like you're the coach, you are in charge of everything there, and yet you want to complain. Well, I don't have the talent this year to to not lose to clemson. they literally never right like or what is it like nobody loses to clemson it's like, well no like, it's not, but nobody like specifically carolina in chapel hill has never lost to clemson
1: right it's it's just mind it's mind-blowing and it's like you you gotta be kidding me. and I, I don't think carolina is a bad program i think that right now maybe like the own should be on the coach if that's if that's yeah, how we but that's the team, all. I mean, that's how...
0: honestly, that's always the case, isn't it? Like at at the oh, college yeah. level, like doesn't it? It really boils down to the coach, like because you pick the players, you're the one drawing up the plays, you're the one who's who's basically running that entire program. Well, I mean, so, I, yeah, I like, mean sorry, you
1: got to right. be careful when you say that because then you start you know hyping up Zion,
0: right? On the other side of the
1: coin, you start hyping up players. They play like one one season and then they go to the pros. They play like two seasons. And they go to the pro pros they're not even that good like they get they get swallowed up in the pros every time that happens i've it's very rare that a person does one or two seasons in college and they're just
0: like killing it in the pros or you you pick a sport so it was the same thing right with the kids coming straight out of high school right was part of the reason that they put the rule in place was because the nba was in some sense, tired of taking shots on kids that weren't panning out, right? And using these first round picks. And they thought, well, let's use the NBA to try, or the NCAA to try and kind of screen some of these kids, right? Get some additional time against better competition so that we have a better sense of what their actual skill level is. But then it's like, I mean, at that point, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I guess the NBA is starting to do more with like the developmental league and whatnot, right? To try and help right. provide an area for players that aren't good enough to play at the NBA level, but who could develop the skills to become a solid team contributor, role player, or even—I mean, probably not a superstar, right? I mean, most likely you'd have to have the natural athletic talent and you know all of that. But
1: at that level, at that level of sports. So a parallel to that is the XFL starts the day after I believe the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is- <laughs> uh,
0: have you heard anything about the new rules that they're introducing for that? No, I haven't. I haven't dug into it. I'm going to start. There's some interesting stuff there. You should you should look into it. Like they've they've got some weird stuff about kickoffs where everybody lines up five like the receiving team lines up on the thirty, their own thirty. The opposing receiving team lines up five yards away from them at the thirty-five. And then the kicker is still back at his own thirty and kicks it. Nobody moves until the receiver touches the ball, huh. and then the return starts. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they. Because I want to laugh at that. But. I I mean they, but like a lot of interesting stuff came out of the first iteration of right. the XFL, um, and I mean you know Vince McMahon is nothing if not a showman, you know. Yeah. Like I mean that guy's like the you know, Barnum and Bailey of <laughs> human talent. So, if you,
1: but if you think about that setup, it means that you're probably minimizing the high
0: impact. That's the whole that's the idea, right? Is that you're you're l- limiting you're eliminating, you know, two hundred and fifty pound guys getting up to full speed, running thirty mm-hmm. yards downfield and yeah. then hitting somebody running the opposite direction.
1: Okay. So all right, so I had to think about that. I'm playing that out of my head and like what's the benefit? Well the only benefit is you don't have like a freight train hitting a like a
0: stationary object. So, so. Yeah. you getting players killed out there. Right. And especially yeah. at, at that level, because a lot of those guys, right, the goal for them is to still try and make it to the NFL. They don't want to go to the XFL where, you know, guys are allowed to take cheap headshots and right. stuff like that, or like be swinging steel chairs out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, now that I mentioned that, I might pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do
1: think the XS, XFL could disrupt the NFL. Yeah. Because I think their their uh, their broadcast uh, like what how they're gonna broadcast is gonna definitely challenge what's in the NFL. I sent you that article that the NFL is like thinking very seriously about. Hey, we can't just be on direct T V anymore. Yeah. Um, no, they're looking at what was it, YouTube T V. Yeah. yeah. If they go to YouTube, that's gonna be like
0: you know, and, and I I agree that you know what the XFL what the XFL is most likely going to do is force the NFL to adapt right and that's what I'm hoping ultimately happens. Yeah, you know, I'd love for the XFL to stick around as like another kind of version of football if it's if if they can do it right. You know, I mean, I I gotta, I'd, I'd have to see what the product ultimately looks like, but I liked some of the stuff that they did the first time around, so I'm very curious. To see what this looks like, and especially because, you know, as much as I don't pay attention to a lot of the regular season games that aren't my teams, I, I, I this is something that, for whatever reason, I'm much more interested in in actually because watching. It, yeah, for
1: me, it's fresh and new. And if they can figure out a way to broadcast the games where I can follow a team and actually follow the team, then that, that'll be fantastic. If they can break that barrier, I think they're going to have a lot of success. It's going to. Uh, do like the nanny nanny boo boo to the nfl saying hey we figured it out you guys are slowly you're declining in in viewership season over season for the last what four years or three years and you're you're only making more money because you're you know excessively charging whether it's on the the back end for broadcast rights or in the stadium so
0: and see but that's the other thing that i think is going to be really interesting just going forward is the in stadium experiences right like, yeah. because, I mean, that's that's another area that I think both college athletics and professional athletics have struggled, um, you know, in and not everywhere. Right. Like the Yankees aren't having a hard time selling tickets. But, you know, some of the smaller market teams, I think, are struggling to to get the support from the cities around them because why, why should they? Well, I'm not saying that. And when I say support, I don't mean like, you know tax bonds or that okay. like, <laughs> that sort of thing what i mean is like fan support like people showing okay. up you know and going to the games i mean you look at some of the colleges you know stadiums right um or i mean look at the bowl games like right oh my how they even manage to put those on anymore with the utter just abhorrent attendance numbers that they have right is beyond me uh you know we went to the gator bowl last year because state was playing in it and we had a good time you know it wasn't i'll be honest it wasn't nearly as fun as the first time i went Mm -hmm. um i wanted to go mostly because i had so much fun at the gator bowl the first time i wanted to take helena because i thought it would be like a fun memory for her as a five year old i don't even think she really remembers it all that much but um
1: you could have told her I took you to the moon. Honey.
0: Right. <laughs> like it would have been the same thing. Um, and I mean, We had a good time. You know, like ultimately, like we had fun, but afterwards we all kind of just were talking about it. And was like, you know what? I don't think we're doing the bowl games anymore. Like right. it's just, it's such a commitment. You know, right. I mean, we drove all the way to Florida, um, stayed like three or four nights in a hotel. You know, did all that stuff. Um, so it's just, you know, it gets to a point where it's like, well, I, we do season tickets already and that's a financial commitment and it's just it's gotten to be too much. Yeah. At this mm. point.
1: Yeah, I think they um
0: so I mean to your point about like some
1: of the attendance levels, I think a lot of it's maybe you picked the wrong city. Like I think Charlotte's not gonna be the, the right place for an MLS team. Not because I'm partial and
0: biased to Raleigh.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> Not
0: only because you're partial and biased to Raleigh.
1: <laughs> well, primarily because I'm partial and biased. but when you think about it, like it, it was a money grab. Yeah. So I, this person's willing to you know, purchase X franchise for X amount of dollars, but you don't have the support. Like the, you know, I, I saw something a few years ago about the interest of soccer in, in Raleigh versus Charlotte. Charlotte isn't really that spot right you know like there's nothing in Charlotte that makes me go, oh huh, that's gonna you know people that live in Raleigh and the surrounding areas who are really invested in soccer, the real football are
0: not gonna I, I mean I
1: okay, we'll go, but I would go more frequently if it was in Raleigh yeah you know
0: um, yeah, I mean I'll, I'll tell you right now you are not likely to get me to go to Charlotte for an MLS game. Yeah. Right. As a casual fan, I'm not going to spend three and a half hours in the car to drive to Charlotte to go to a game. Unless yeah. somebody, unless like you know, you had tickets and were like, "Hey, I'm going. You want to ride with me?" Yeah. <laughs> then I might go. But I'm not going to go out of my way. If they were here, even
1: I wouldn't drive. No, I know. Like, you know that. You'd be like,
0: "Hey, I got tickets. You driving?" <laughs> Let's go to kick out
1: <laughs> tra- traffic averse. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that part. Um.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they put it, if they put one here, you know, and then granted, like we have the, the, what is it? The Kerry soccer park, the SAS soccer park. That's here in Kerry, yeah. That's right down the street from me. I've never been to a game there.
1: They're always there for the most part, it's hard to get tickets, <laughs> yeah, it
0: can be, yeah. And yeah. um, and I just don't know much about the schedule and, the, and right, that, right. And so it's like I always kind of think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot it's that season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was disappointed too because I was hoping that they'd put one here just because I thought it would be a fun experience. Maybe, maybe I'll get the chance to go to Charlotte, but um, you know, it's certainly not going to be something like I'm going to go out of my way to plan a trip to go to Charlotte for that. Yeah, I I
1: well I will, but I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I might take the train. It's like there's a lot of things reasons I don't want to go to Charlotte, but you know,
0: whatever.
1: It's time for politics. So last week we talked a little bit about um the economy. Yeah. And that was, um, huh. It, it's an interesting point. <laughs> what, what was that? That was, uh, huh. I had to think about what she said to me. I was like, dude, what is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that whole experience came back to my mind. Ah, okay. Um, the, the reason why I think that's super important is because, you know, aside from politics, I think that, and I believe that people are, uh, we're getting this mentality of just because somebody said something, that's what it is. And I, I don't know what, if there's, you know, there's a term for that, but it just annoys me. Um, and the economy is one of those things where I, I think that it affects everybody. It's not the, the primary source of, of happiness or, uh, like despair for a lot of people, but it's one of those, you know, indicate or one of those things that, we're, that affects all of us. You know. Yeah. Um, and here like for anybody listening here's like one quick way here's like some things that i've done to figure out how the economy is going and it's like super simple you can anybody can do this anytime you want to but it's it's like mind-blowing we all go to the grocery store um we typically all go, most people go to the grocery store, but after five o'clock, five o'clock until about seven o'clock is when most people go to the grocery store. If you want to get a good idea of how the economy is going, start counting how many cars are in the, in the parking lot. When you go to the grocery store, look around, get, get in the habit of looking how many cars are in the grocery store, how many people are actually shopping. Um, how full are the baskets? If, you see less and less cars at places where you frequent a shop and malls would be a, a terrible example now because malls are dying. But like if you don't see people buying stuff, a gas station, a grocery store, uh, places you frequent and you start to get a feel or a sense that there's less and less people there, it's that's probably a sign that the economy is not doing that well. People are spending less money. Uh, there's a indicator called the consumer price index where it, you know, it measures the confidence of consumers based on some uh, super technical jargon and, you know, things that people buy. Well, I don't necessarily believe the consumer price index because it just, it doesn't, hit, like a lot of these indicators don't hit home. They don't hit where real Americans and real people are, or r- real people live. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, it's, you mentioned the stock market. People gamble. It's like, well, it's not really gambling. It's it's a it's a pay to play game, right? It's since we got rid of pensions about 17 years ago, thanks to the United States government for giving tax benefits to companies to uh, they they kind of move the money around, and the 401k became the uh, tool of choice for retirement. Mm-hmm. It hasn't worked out very well, right? right? So the stock market in that
0: aspect is pretty bad, <laughs> but well, the rest of like that's one of my biggest, that's one of my biggest issues with it. Right. Is that, is that that's, you know, and I'm not, not blaming capitalism or even like the, the, you know, the companies themselves. It's, it is, you know, if it's the government that is responsible for pushing the money out of pension plans and into the stock market, then damn the government, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't really care who's to blame. Well, I mean, not that I don't care, actually. Yeah, but you do care. You, you, like, regardless of who's to blame, I think it's a shitty setup. If that makes well,
1: sense, it is. It's but what doesn't help the setup is the fact that um most people don't even know what's happening to them, or they're not aware of it. Yeah, I watch I watched this this documentary called Saving Capitalism by. Um, I want to say Richard Rice, or he was the former labor secretary under Bill Clinton. Yep. Very smart guy. Super smart guy. And I I kind of, well, it was my white noise for yesterday. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. What was interesting for me, like another eye-opening moment was that he left the Clinton administration because they were up to no good. Yeah. But, and I voted for this guy twice, Clinton, and everybody's like, oh, he was one of the best presidents. No, he wasn't. He was a crappy guy. Like If we look at most of the issues that we have with our economy and some of the um, the social angst that we see and divisiveness, this guy Reich was talking about it back in 97, 96, 97 or whatever he left uh, serving under Clinton. Mm-hmm. He, he gave a forewarning of all the things that were going to happen and then you turn around we get uh, President Trump elected to office based under the same warning signs that this guy spoke about years ago. All the you know, from derivatives to the housing bubble to the current bubble we're in now with like tech, economists are saying there's going to going to be a recession soon. I I highly you know agree with them. I, I think that we're probably bound for a recession. So it's like why why are people like when do people stop and pause and ask themselves? Okay, people are talking about the economy. What does that mean? How does it affect myself? How does it affect my family, if that's, you know, if that applies? And what do I understand about it?
0: Well, so I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, one of the things I think we talked about last time was just this sense that, you know, as a, as a kind of a global society, right, we're getting to a point where we stop Caring as much or seeing other people outside of our individual circles as other human beings, right? Or people that that have needs and wants and that, you know, are part, right, of this, of of the larger society, right? Um, And do we, you know, have we reached that point where we, we don't care so much about the economy. It's most people just care, how am I doing? right am i able to afford my house am i able to support my family as long as i can do that then i'm okay and i don't know if we're there yet but i think i think we're get, i think we're I think we're getting close you know it, it feels we're like we're moving to, more and more in that direction
1: i don't think we'll get to that point but i think we're starting to live in that environment because you know how we continue to um like how people most people get the news is basically from Social media. It's basically, they're, they're getting snippets of information all the time. So what infor- informs people is part of the story most of the time, which is kind of weird. Yeah. So we're starting to live in that environment where you can turn things off. You can
0: kind of tune them out.
1: Well, until you get laid off. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I think, you know, another, another part of it <clears throat> is this. I think it's something that I've seen, it feels is more predominant here in the United States, but this need for somebody else to to give us our opinion, right? Like, I I don't, when you travel other places, a lot of, like, especially, you know, in, in Europe, watching, like, Sky News and stuff like that, you get a lot more, it feels to me, like, here's a reporting of facts, sans really any opinion, you know, and it almost like I would sit there and watch it and then be like, wait, that that news story was really short. Why was that so short? Like, oh, because there was no opinion from the <laughs> news anchor included in it. And that's the thing where I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know if you watched any of Ricky Gervais's Golden Globes uh, speech. No, I, I, heard stuff. About, I
1: heard about it. Oh, boy.
0: So I heard he, he like flamed on the entire industry. Like, everybody. Telling everybody to shut up. Yeah. Like, who who are you? Right. Like, why do we just shut up? Go back to making your movies. Why do we care what you think? And ultimately, that's what I've 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 struggled with for some time now is this kind of I, I just don't get why we as a society society care what these people think. Why do we want them to tell us what our opinions should be? Why do we want our opinions to match what they are? Is because we feel like if we do that, that somehow we're on their same level. You know that like, oh, me and me and Tom Hanks are best buds because we both think that, you know, the environment's important. Like <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. I mean, I think that um yeah, I don't know why that is. I've never I've never really subscribed to that theory. I don't care what people think about me. Like I want them to respect me and that's it. But I don't really care what they think about me. If I'm doing something that's you know, egregious and is terribly wrong but you know, let me know but aside from that my views are my views and I'm willing to listen to other people's views I'm not going to get on the bandwagon and, and, and like follow Tom Hanks that's why I don't I mean I really don't like I said I don't care about these people's personal lives Right. like you're an entertainer be an entertainer like just be good at that um, you know like I saw something that uh, who's the guy from uh, brother-in-laws or wedding crashers
0: Vince was Vaughn or Owen
1: Wilson? Vince Vaughn, yeah. Supposedly, there, well, actually, there was a picture of him shaking hands with Donald Trump at the LSU game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, I can't wait for people to jump on that, right? <laughs> I I don't care what, like, I'm, I'm reading sports news. I don't care what your, his political affiliations are. Right. Like, he, there may be something that he admires about the current president.
0: I mean, that not is, only that, but like, let's be honest, m- most people when presented with that specific opportunity, right, with other people standing around, aren't going to, like, grandstand and not shake the fucking president's hand.
1: Like... You, you respect the office, you may not agree with the person, right? Yeah. That was, you know... It, it's like with President Obama, President Clinton, any president. Like, when I... Uh, when we lived in Europe and we moved back to the States, it took me a few years to... And this is kind of changing now. But in Europe, at the time you never saw caricatures or public disdain for the sitting president prime minister or anything like that that's that was unique at you know in the early 80s or mid 80s to the united states like we you know i don't have to necessarily agree with the president but he's still the president of the united states yeah and i'm i'm not following him like a blind lamb but you know, no, I mean still, I think you
0: you said it right. You know, it's you don't have to agree or you know even to some to some uh, extent respect the man, but you yeah. there's still you know a respect that needs to be reserved for that office. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would agree with that.
1: But I, but I think that you know the games people are playing with. And to cor- make a correction, it's actually Robert Reich, Reich or Reich smart guy in the end of the, of uh, the uh, documentary, like he said th- things I agree with, like you should learn to listen to other people. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, and that's, that's, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's Line a middle. big source of the, the problem that we find ourselves in. Right. And yeah. I feel like we stopped, people have stopped listening to other people. And, and that's again, right. It's like, we'll sit there, they'll sit there and some people will sit there and listen to some, you know, movie star or somebody that they don't know personally and they've never met in their entire lives and build everything that they believe in off of that
1: you know what's funny and like uh i used to say the same thing about podcasts (laughs) because a lot of people we used to work with they built their whole entire philosophy based on a podcast right and i i understand they're getting information but Like you can't discern if it's actually logical or not, you know? Um, it's like, you know, Cory Booker was a big name in people, you know, in people's podcast playlist. And that's great. And maybe he does have a, a a message and a voice of something, you know, some different perspective, but it's kind of ironic. That same thing doesn't translate to a presidential (laughs) nomination because he's dropping out of the race. Yeah. So, you know, so how does he use that you know how do you, I don't know i I think we're different because you know we can have opposing views and it's not I'm not trying to influence anybody to do anything, but it's just like hey well, just
0: yeah, and I think uh, part of it to me is that you know it's it's fine, you know because we were just talking about right? I was just kind of harping on news media providing opinions, and here we are providing our opinions on what's going on in the news. I'm, you know, I'm not a reputable news media source, (laughs) right? I'm not the Associated Press. Um, Right. I'm just a guy sitting in his office recording his opinion. And I feel like, you know, right, there's the two different purposes. Um, Right. But I I think, you know, one of the things that I've always respected about you is that you don't choose a single source for your news, right? You don't, you, you... for whatever reason, still haven't fixed the radio in your car. So uh, <laughs> it's stuck on NPR. Apparently I'm guessing the one in your office might be broken too.
1: <laughs> Everything's broken. I, <laughs>
0: I can respect
1: NPR for They actually, um, they're not as opinionated as one might think they are. They, they don't, they rarely show progressive liberal sides of stories. Yeah. Now, I, I, I appreciate that and I respect it, but when they do, I'm like, yo, that's that doesn't help. It doesn't inform, so I can make an opinion. So I, I, I do respect their their ability to do that. Um. But they had a an annual survey, and that was my comment. I'm like, hey, you know, I listened. I started listening to NPR kind of because I didn't I didn't really understand different people's points of views because you know with uh, a bunch
0: of like babies.
1: Well <laughs> people that thought differently than myself. Liberal snowflakes.
0: Um, I mean that but, you it, created. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now it I want so it was a it was a, it was kind of a, a journey. But I, I actually appreciate how they report the news ninety seven percent of the time. Um, when when you get the pundits and their you know their their true colors start to show, you're not informing people. You're picking a side. Yeah. And if you're going to be a journalist, I, I don't think you should pick a side.
0: I agree. And, I mean, I think that should be the whole point of being a journalist, right? Is like right. you should you should be going. You know, all of your education should be focused on helping you to eliminate as much of the bias as you can and to understand, right? Because it's one of those things. I we all have internal bias, right? Right. But it's about recognizing it and being able to identify it, so that it you, it you can do as much as you can to not let it influence what you're doing, right? And yeah. you have a job as a reporter and as a journalist. I think you know to report the facts and to to do it honestly and accurately. And we don't, I think, have anywhere near enough of that in you know, a lot of the mainstream media because it's more about making a name for yourself and building your own personal brand and a persona that you can then profit off of. Right. I mean, because that's uh, unfortunately, right. I mean, and I don't know, it's, it's frustrating.
1: Well, it's frustrating, but just to add to your frustration, let's talk about the democratic debates. Yeah. Uh...
0: So I, I hope everybody watches that tonight. I really do. I am going to tune in. You know, I think I had told you that I haven't watched any of them so far. Um, But I, you know, better late than never. So.
1: So, yeah, that's true. Here's my here's the one thing I will say. And it's not a. I kind of think if you could mix Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders, you'd have the perfect candidate.
0: Andrew Sanders. Yes, we could change their name. Andy, and <laughs> Andy, Andy Sanders. Andy Sandy.
1: That would be the, the, the perfect present for this time in our country. I I'm,
0: In what way? I mean, because obviously, like, you know, there are specific so, pieces from both of them that you appreciate, but also parts that I think you wish the other had, right? If you want to yeah, combine
1: it. I, I think if Bernie Sanders would stop saying he was a socialist, He'd get a lot further.
0: Um, I think, to some degree, Bernie's that's his. That's his stick. Well, it's not even his stick. It's his. Um, it's his strategy because he knows that that's what he's going to be labeled as, anyways. So he's decided I'm just going to embrace it because there's no point in fighting it, right? Everybody's going to call me a socialist. So I'll sit here and just say, yeah, I'm a socialist. So what of it? I'm not saying that it's the best strategy. I'm just saying yeah. I think to some degree that has become his strategy.
1: Yeah, that's where I tune out. When he starts going down that road, I'll tune out. I think but, his.
0: But is it? I mean, is it just the word "socialist"? Like that's the thing. What What I, does it matter? I, I think he's he's somewhat destructive. Okay. <laughs> and here's
1: why. I believe that corporate influence in politics is disgusting. Yes. I so I agree with what he's saying there, but I don't think he's got tactics that can actually be done in a reasonable way that don't disrupt everything. Like, you can't break everything to say you fixed it. And that's where... No, I, I
0: I agree, yeah. I mean, you can't walk in and destroy everything and then walk out of the room and say, well, it's better than it was when I got here. Yeah, now it's a mess. Right. You'd you know? have to you have to have a plan to put it back together.
1: Yeah, and so I think if he could tone that down and focus on some of the, you know... But I think reasonable-
0: that's that's another thing, right? Because you talked about this with on one of the earlier podcasts, how feasible is it to do any of that, even given an eight year, you know, presidential term, like given eight years in office, how, how, how likely is it that one president is going to be able to completely overhaul the systems that need to be overhauled?
1: Right. I, I think there are two that primarily, well, I agree the environment's a top priority and Let's just, whatever their plan, whoever's plan is to, to get more serious about that, that'd be great. Sidebar, I've been hearing about the freaking environment since I was a kid in school, starting with the ozone layer, and mm-hmm. nobody's done anything, and that's, like, just, that's ridiculous and embarrassing. Yeah.
0: Um, I secondly, totally thought you were going a different direction there with that, no. though. I thought you were just, <laughs> I've been hearing about this since high school, or since I was a kid, and, and nothing's happened, so fuck the environment. <laughs> Everything's fine. Just a bunch of crybabies.
1: You can't see it from my house, right? right? Like the ozone layer has produced nothing more but like more hairspray. So an aerosol can. So I'm not. I don't think anybody takes that seriously. But I. I. So I do think that there's a couple things. So the the environment. I don't. I'm not an expert in that. So I don't claim to be on TV. But I'm going to trust people. Any of the Democratic candidates or people that are running for office, they have a plan to put in place. So I'm, I'll say that's par for the co- the yeah. course. Where I, what I would say is, that I think they're they're missing the, the the simple thing, with the just the corporate greed. And I hate to say that because I do, but I I do think that the too big to fail mentality hasn't helped us out at, at all. I'd, I'd rather i would get rid of the sec because they've done nothing like the sec and a prior president's administration i'm not going to assert attacking presidents ruined the economy in no way this president was not in office when that happened it was bound to fail at some point and when it did fail it was a couple presidents down the road
0: right
1: so i think that we need to get rid of the sec we need to restructure and make the irs functional because it's not get rid of the tax laws period and come up with something that just makes sense across the board where people can skate and you know dodge and and, and play all these games so in that part i do kind of agree with Bernie sanders i think the you know the dark money in politics that's got to go bye-bye I just, I just wholeheartedly believe that super PACs and PACs are just BS.
0: Well, for me, I have often thought we are talking about money in politics, and I think right a lot of that comes from campaigning. You know, and that's it's where they're getting a lot of these, the agreements happen, right? Here's some money so that you can run your campaign, and in exchange, I'm going to come ask you for favors later down the road so that you can write, you know, favorable or push for favorable tax laws that are going to give me a break or less regulations in my industry so that I can do blah, 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 whatever it is. So why not just have a part of, right, this new tax structure, is that a portion of the taxes from, or, from whatever source, right, income or property, goes towards a pool that is a fund for candidates, right? And you get X amount of dollars, and that's literally the only money you can spend.
1: Because even if you did that, I think you'd have like a, a steyer Bloomberg, posting situation. Right where they actually have the money
0: outside of that. No, but that's what I'm saying. They can't use that money. But that would would, so I no political television ads, no advertising your 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 campaign whatsoever. The whole thing is put on through a series of debates and other information that is distributed. In a democratic way. Well, but see, and and there in lies the problem, right? Is that right. then you're going back to well, now the government is running this whole thing. So now who's in charge of the government? They're going to write rules that say, oh, my, t-, you know, the people that I want get to do this, and the people I don't like don't get to do this, and blah blah and blah. And that's blah, why blah.
1: we have gerrymandering.
0: So, so. All right. Well, we didn't fix all the problems today, I guess. <laughs> no, but not, you're not too far off in the solve there.
1: I mean, you could go, you could go that route where all the Campaign funding is public, and
0: I mean that's what I think. And especially with, you know, you, you publish it you on televise, a freaking website. Like you, you televise all
1: the debates. Yes, on on public broadcasting. Yep, I don't care which channel, but not cable. Yeah, right. So everybody has access to it. Yep. Then you figure out a way to do more in line polling. Yep. So that way, there's actually like political, like everybody gets an opportunity to participate. Yes. Unlike the crap that the DNC is doing with the polls, where they have—they're not running polls. No. They're running polls that they want to run.
0: They don't care.
1: Yeah. So let me—I
0: mean, that's—and yeah, that's part of the thing is that, again, right? You get these people in power, and what do they want to do? They want to stay in power, right? I want—I want a permanent seat in the Democratic National Convention because, or National Committee, because then that's—you know—I'm getting paid buku bucks to basically pick and choose who gets to be president or re- even run for certain offices in certain areas.
1: I am the puppet master.
0: Yeah. Right. Why, <laughs> why be the puppet when you can be the puppet master?
1: Right. So I, you know, I, worked out great you, for you, Dick Cheney. Here's, here's <laughs> the, one, the, the, the thing, the really weird thing between the two parties, at least the Republicans are honest enough about, what they're doing.
0: I mean, you're not wrong in that regard, right? And especially the last 4 years, um they've been much more blatant, I think. Um I don't know. It's a, is that really that much better though, I guess. In, it, uh, in some lights it is. I mean, when you think about the yeah, being upfront and honest about the fact that they're not upfront and honest.
1: <laughs> well so the dog in front of if you're an honest liar, yeah, exactly. I mean, the dog and pony show that the DNC does every time, yeah, it's just
0: embarrassing. I mean, you look at four years ago with all the crap that where it was so obvious, right? There was only one person who was going to win the Democratic national uh presidential nomination, and that was Hillary Clinton, right? right? Bernie Sanders, no matter what he did, was not gonna win. Elizabeth Warren wasn't gonna, there, was nobody but Hillary because it was Hillary's turn,
1: yeah, but nobody, I mean, I. I that's somebody I just don't trust.
0: I don't like, disagree. I mean, again, right? I I think for some people it was a matter of who do I trust more, or or who do I who do I not trust the least?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the devil you know, or the devil you don't know, right? Yeah, so.
0: and you know, I think look, I'll be perfectly honest, right? In 2016, I I thought maybe this is the end of the world. <laughs> there was a part of me in the back of my brain that was like, this guy's just going to walk on into, the, into the office and he's just going to go, ah, fuck it, and push the button. Like, you know, like, that was kind of... I And I don't know why, because obviously he has his own self-preservation in mind. He doesn't want the world destroyed. He can't make billions or, or millions of dollars if, you know, there isn't money flowing everywhere. So... Obviously, you know, it's in his best interest to not ruin things while he's there, but um, things have not gone as poorly as I anticipated. Now, granted, that bar was set pretty low considering yeah, thought I thought it was the end of the, the
1: world, world but, or we're okay.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's, but, but if I'm being 100% perfectly honest, in the grand scheme of things, it has not been as bad as I thought it would be.
1: You know why? Because we live in a bubble.
0: Yeah. Well, no, and I, I get that. I know that it's it's what affected us. Um, but that's I, I
1: the, that's the really sad part. It's like we we can we can honestly say that because we live in a bubble, we don't live in Puerto Rico. We no, know,
0: oh, okay, yeah. Well, and Jesus, they no, they just got hit with another with, with what, two two earthquakes.
1: Yeah, two earthquakes. I'm sorry. Um, we don't live in Puerto Rico. We don't live in the Midwest. We don't live in, in wherever. I don't. Know. Yeah. My ignorance, I don't know where coal mines are, but we don't live anywhere where coal mines are. Um, West Virginia. West Virginia, okay. Um, and I think that that's, that's where we get disconnected from what's actually, actually happening around us. And I think that's, that's part of the problem. The part of the problem, like, part of the problem is that we can't empathize with people enough to, like, here, <laughs> we can't, we, We're getting so far away from like just natural principles that it's going to erode our society. Not, it's not going to break us because I think our country's been very resilient through a lot of really oopsie moments.
0: Um, But I, I also think right. I mean, this country is two hundred and thirty years old, two hundred and forty years old. Like we're one of right the (laughs) younger countries out there.
1: I I don't even. I don't know if that's even a.
0: I don't know if relatively. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that time is is the end all be all. I'm just right. saying that as a society, we've only been doing this for 250 years, and but nothing. Not we're still human beings, which says we are. doesn't mean any different from into robot. So that's that's
1: good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing, like nothing. Like that's not. Uh, that's a good fact. It's not a good point of reference basically it's like yeah we're a young country but when you look at even the
0: old like look at italy look at germany oh yeah i mean italy's not doing good by any stretch you know the last time i was there was riding in the taxi and the taxi driver was going on and on he's like i got a 21 year old kid who can't find a job to save his life you know like he's trying to do taxi driving and i can't get him hired you know to work at the company i work at you know he's lucky if he works half a day at this point
1: yeah, I mean, so we say ju- we say the economy's great here, unemployment's low. <laughs> Unemployment in, in Europe
0: is tra- like
1: traditionally and historically lower than the United States. Yeah, you see the problems there. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you don't see the problems that we have because most people that are actually talking about it live in their own little bubbles. Like the suburbs, the East Coast, the West Coast—they're typically the ones that get to talk. Yeah. It's not the people from. Places where, you know, the, the bottom fell out.
0: So I just, you know, I, I, I totally agree, you know, that there's there are huge chunks of this country that are being underserved in by the government. Right. And by the rest of us, by extension of that. And yeah. I think that's what if we really want to turn things around, we have to figure out how to get infrastructure. And all of the things back into those places to support the type of growth that needs to happen if we want those places to to not just be these like ghost towns, you know? Yeah. Um, what's
1: what's sad is that I, I saw something on CNBC. So it's like seventy plus percent of people work in some type of retail industry, right? Yeah. Uh, most people work for small businesses, and that's like well well above seventy percent. So the average American, you're probably working in a, in a small business. At a small business, you're probably that has nothing to do with revenue, but you're just on the employee count. You're probably working in a small business. Yeah. You're probably working in retail ish type of job.
0: Question for you, not to interrupt, but when they're calculating small businesses, <clears throat> do franchises all roll up into one, like the corporate, or
1: it, it all depends okay. because, it, like, I. It depends on how the states report, like uh, p- where people are working, et cetera, et cetera. They, Sorry, they didn't I didn't get...
0: mean to derail. I just, I know with your experience, I thought you might know how that was calculated and how that impacted that. So,
1: so uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the largest uh, private organization that does a lot of the um, reporting to government agencies is ADP, mm-hmm. which I find ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the
0: <laughs> payroll company, right? Yeah. Of course. Because they have so, all the information. They they have a
1: benefit of making one actually I, I won't rail on ADP but it you're still technically working for a small business right so yeah. you can own 22 franchises but technically you're still a small business because of your uh, what what you do in revenue okay so that's that's the short version but you know <laughs> I, I work for them they could report something different and they typically don't report on franchise franchisee earnings because it's not their money but you know then it gets so i do agree with you about some parts of wall street because the way that some companies report on their earnings and the relative strength they have in the economy doesn't isn't that's still not reflective of what actually happens on the ground and that company's one of them right so something was edited out ladies and gentlemen yeah uh, because I, one of my things is I don't want to like talk bad about companies. I, I just I just don't think that's necessary.
0: No, neither of us do. Just to be clear, you know. And when we when we're sharing stories and past experiences, it should be noted that, you know, uh, I don't think either of us harbor any ill will towards our past employers, and you know, are are really just sharing it because for the most part we found it humorous or because we feel like it adds some context to the story or why we feel the way that we do but um (laughs) yeah we may from time to time do some editing you know what i'll do i'll get one of those um sounds like it's an expletive and i'll just put that in there (laughs) every time that you say
1: (laughs) Another another thing we talked about last week was social media. Yeah, and um, here's my biggest gripe with social media. And I last week I actually did – I had some homework and I started talking, you know, look, looking through Twitter and unfollowed things that you know was kind of therapeutic. Um, but there's still the the part that bothers me, and this part that bothers me so much is how what was. What's, what was touted and what was you know the foundation was basically for people to interact with their their inner circles and and to meet new people blah blah blah. It's just ridden with ads. It's an advertisement for this and adver- you know clickbait articles and it just it's just so disappointing. And then I went to uh, the social media place for professionals.
0: <laughs> it's the exact I, same thing.
1: It's the exact. Same thing. And there was this dude that just went railing on like Michelle Obama. And then there's like people like like spouting like just weird like
0: semi-racial, yeah. On on like the, the the link the social network for professionals. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I, I'm like I'm
0: I like, you know, how did I get
1: that? Oh, because I know this guy right here. He's a, you know, I don't know him, him, but I just kind of, I'm like, yo, I don't want to know that guy, you know? And then there's one guy who's an author about how to make your life better. I'm like, but you wrote this crap. How to make your life better involves being a hateful prick. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, hey, people can do what they want to do as long as it doesn't hurt, like physically hurt or put somebody in danger. You have your ideas. You can be a. If you want to be a racist, yo, you be the best racist you can be. <laughs> like, you're gonna do it, do it right. You're right. I mean <laughs> That's what Andre that. said. <laughs> I'm not here I'm not here to, you know, like I don't have to agree with it. Right. But don't invite me to see it. Yeah. So again, I mean, if you're gonna be racist, yo, you're it's
0: you're you're allowed to be racist.
1: I'm not I don't agree. I don't think it's right. I don't, you know, fundamentally I think it's It's messed up.
0: No, but right. Like I understand what you're saying and that you support, you support people's rights to think whatever they want, right? Ultimately, like your beliefs are your beliefs. The problem is when you start imposing them on other people or you're saying that it dictates the rights that other people have.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think tolerance is a lot different from acceptance. I can tolerate mostly anybody. I think most people I've run into in my life, I've learned to be able to tolerate things if they're different opinions. Yeah. Now, You can't make me accept that nonsense. I think racism is nonsense because you haven't done life with people. You've got what I'm not going to preach on on freaking racism. But my thing with social media, it's just a it's a cesspool of advertising where it's like the intent was not to do that. No, I I read an article from I think it was Vogue Business. They were talking about how advertisers are having to look for a different way to target Gen Z customers. Mm-hmm. not to myself if these people are intentionally going there and they marketers definitely know this they're going there to you know get away from the mundane and that's their spot why are you going to their spot and ruining it it makes no sense to me
0: Nope. like i have a you know but it's because somebody did it right somebody crossed that threshold and figured out a way to start promoting stuff on a social media network and they started making money from it and profiting from it. And so then somebody else looked at it and went, wow, that's a good idea. I could be reaching those people too. And then the, the social network platform sat there and went, wow, we should be charging people to do this stuff. And, hey, look, we've got all this data on all these people that they've given us permission to use.
1: That they don't even know they gave permission to use. Right. And
0: that is that is so
1: underhanded. And oh, Absolutely. So and and audience, the fact
0: that you don't get to pick and choose the pieces of information right. that you share, it's an all or nothing sort of thing. I mean, it should be a freaking checkbox in your profile on every social network to say, you know, share, right? Or, you know, able to use, yes or no. Like it's, but it becomes this whole thing where it's like, well, if you want to use our platform, you got to play by our rules. And audience, you're
1: now a commodity. Everything you do from the time.
0: So, audience,
1: I have a company. I don't advertise my company. I don't talk about it. Like I'm not going to talk about it here, right? Because that would be against... I think it's fundamentally wrong for a company to take advantage of its users, period. Your users are... I mean, they're your customers. They're not a commodity to sell, period. They're, you don't take their data and you don't sell it because you're going to make five bucks off of it. That is immoral. It's wrong. It's unethical. I will, more than likely, and Chris, you hold me to this. I will never advertise my company on this podcast because it's wrong, right? This, this is me and my friend talking, (laughs) like, right? Yeah. Like it's. I mean, I may talk about like that other stuff outside of this, but
0: you're never going to be uh, like visit www.
1: Yeah. So my uh, those, my hang up with social media is that they've taken users like the marketers are out, and I, I get that's their job. I'm I, I like capitalism, but it's at the same time it's wrong. Like at some level, you have to say that's wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree, but you know, as somebody that worked in marketing for an extended period of time, and also in a role where. You know, basically, my job was to figure out how to get people to click on stuff, right? Um, Like, my nickname at my old job for a while was the Nigerian Prince because I was sending so many freaking emails to people. Just, for the love of God, please download this thing or please sign up for this upcoming whatever. Um, And it's it's tough, right? You know, like I, I on a regular basis kind of mentally wrestled with the moral ambiguity that kind of existed there where it's like, well, it's my job to get people to do this stuff. And in in some cases, and maybe even in most cases, or especially early on, I felt like I was actually providing a service, right? Like I felt like the things that I was trying to get these people to engage with provided some value to them and that they were people that had indicated for whatever reason that that was something that they would be interested in. Now I think the further along we got, which was funny because really the goal was to get more and more targeted. But I think over the years we had alienated so much of our audience through a number of our practices that our pool actually shrank. And so it became more and more difficult to actually have a pool of people to draw from.
1: And And I think that people are, I think people are well. Except for the the amount of people on that one social network. I think most people are starting to realize that. I, yeah. I can tell you that in the, in the software development community or the community, I don't like, I don't really like that word either. Most of the people like I kind of catch up on what they're doing. They're not on that network. They've closed their accounts because it's, it's really unethical. Well,
0: and, and it became you know, it, it became just like anything else. It wasn't about actually growing your network or meeting like-minded professionals, right? It's about status. How many, how many connections can I have to the point where, I mean, I'm guilty of it, right? I've accepted connections from people that I don't know. Right. And me too. Like, I'm and even- I, and you know, you go through and you're going through your feed or you're going through and you're like, how do I know this person? Why am I connected with them? And it's like, you have no other connections in common, just some random person, right? And it was for the longest time it was let's get to, you know, whatever mythical number, right? Five hundred or a thousand or five thousand connections and I don't know
1: a thousand people.
0: Right, exactly. And why do I want to pretend like I do? You know? And it's but it's you think about it, it's just like Instagram, right? How many followers can I get? How many right. Facebook? How many friends do I have? Twitter followers, like it's all about this. What's my influence? How do I, how do I reach people? What's my audience? And it's like, you're a freaking person. Just go live your life. Like, and again, I, I always find it ironic when we talk about this stuff, because here we are doing a podcast. Um, But much, much like you were saying, right? I'm not, we're not out here paying for advertising. I'm, we're not going to do ads. This is all just like, we're doing this for fun and we're promoting it. Through our networks that of people that we actually know, so that you all can enjoy it. That's the whole point of this, right? And so that we can enjoy. have fun doing
1: it. i not to listen. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's true, though. And I think that's more. I, I think more companies are going to have to move to that that model, right? Yeah. So here's my business philosophy: if I can't afford to keep the lights on with no customers, then I shouldn't be in business.
0: <laughs> Wait, if you can afford can't if you can't afford to be in business with no customers then i shouldn't be in business i know that sounds weird but look at it this way
1: how do you define a customer somebody that's actually willing to pay for a service right okay so if i can't at all things being equal if i can't figure out a way to you know for example most places january february after christmas Mm -hmm. are slow Because people, you know, they they not owe more money than what they they actually have on hand. So if I can't make it through the lean months, why am I in business? Why is it that most companies fail within the first three to five years? The average small business will fail. Well, it's because you spent too much money or you've you've taken a, not even risk, more expense than what you can actually afford to pay just in general. So for me, it's, you know, super small business, super small like employee count outside of me of zero, mm-hmm. right? If I can't figure out a way to grow my business without or, and to maintain like zero, then I don't need to be in business.
0: So, uh, but what are, are um, I, I think I know what you're trying to get at or what you're so trying trendy. to say. So what, what am I saying? What you, What you're doing, is you take issue with websites that don't charge a fee and provide a service but then are ultimately making their money by selling it to somebody else on the back end. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I thought, but I just I <laughs> wanted to make I mean, sure But I mean, no, that makes perfect sense. I understand what you're saying, right? And that's another, why I was asking how do you define customers, right? Because Yeah, another
1: target another target would be these stupid paywall sites now. Everything's becoming a paywall. Well, but then so, but, but mean, you're
0: okay. now you're taking issue with both, right? Like you're how hearing, do you um, Hear me out? Hear me out. No, <laughs> that's not what we're here for, Andre.
1: <laughs> so imagine this, right? And I am taking advantage of, for example, uh, Google. I don't know if you have Google News in your phone. That's I have uh,
0: no, but I have I have a Google Home Mini um, right. that I have read my news feed to me. So,
1: so they have like you, you remember the uh, Google Publisher options, right? Yeah. Okay. So they've kind of modified that. Now they're actually—I don't know if they're encouraging people to do this—but people are figuring out a way to get people to subscribe to their sites for you know at the same level. Mm-hmm. Now, what I take what I take issue with is I'm a media not, media outlet, and my job is to provide good content. Mm-hmm. And I give away three free articles, or no, not even that. I gave you part of the article because I'm mm-hmm. taking advantage of this free service, but then I'm, I'm going to ask you to sign up and then sign up. I mean, sign up and pay money. Come on. If your content was that good, I would have found you one way or the other. Like, if I'm the New York Times or if I'm, you know, Wall Street Journal, and this is why I stopped reading the Wall Street Journal because I'm like, whoa, like, not only did you, your subscription price go up by like 45%, but now... You're you're limiting the amount of content I have. How did you stay in business before you had a digital, in, you know, like you had a digital property?
0: Well, they had a subscription base.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you're now you're trying to like get every penny out of every person. It's like I I just can't subscribe well, to them.
0: I guess what my confusion there is when what else did you what else would they do to to survive? Right, you don't you, want them to to flood their website with advertisements because you were just kind of that, complaining about that. And, <laughs> and you don't want them to charge you to access their content. So, so how do they stay adver- in business?
1: Advertisements and moderation in a way that it's not, you know, like just part of the article. And we've, we definitely fought that battle. Where we're, you know, but again, but it,
0: I, you know, I think part of the reason that because that used to be all you had to deal with, right. Were like display ads, banner ads on websites. But the reason that they stopped, Using those are not even stopped, but that they've now added in what they call right native ads, where it's supposed to look and feel just like the content on the site to trick users into reading it. Um, the whole reason they did that was because the display ads weren't working as well, right, or because they found native ads to be more effective.
1: So, do you, do you remember newspapers? Right? I I do. Yes,
0: I'm not trying to be a jerk. I know you're not. I know. <laughs> even magazines but that's the same thing i mean you look at like the local newspapers and stuff like that they're doing the exact same thing the the local newspaper here the news and observer in raleigh right has a has a paywall site now it used to be free and they had ads all over it um and then they switched to a paywall site now where you can only get you know three articles a month and then you get blocked
1: so the reason why if you remember those print publications the way they did advertisements wasn't so intrusive. You knew where an ad was going to be. Well, right? right.
0: You had an like entire pages that were dedicated to it more or less. So
1: duplicate some of that same like it, it worked obviously, but I guess the question I would ask is, you know, if I was the designer of that site or if I was a developer for that site was how do you duplicate the same effectiveness in this medium?
0: Well you know what the answer is? Stop being lazy. The whole okay. reason that I'm um, right? I mean I think the whole reason that people have moved to this new form is because it's not about actually having engaging marketing campaigns. It's about tricking somebody into thinking, right. Or, or you happen to be catching them at this one specific moment where it's, you know, an impulse buy, like that's, you're not, you've lucked into that more than anything. right? Right. Or, or, or even better, it's like shooting fish in a barrel where you've got so much information on this person that you're like, okay, in point three seconds, they're going to want to buy this brand of diapers for, you know, so I'm going to show them an ad. Like, oh, that's real hard. You know, really good job. You know, like, <laughs> I don't even know, I you know. Somebody, so you kind of agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I do. But again, my question, I still, I still think that going, I mean, it's multi prong, right? One. The display ads aren't as effective. Even if you do a creative job with display ads, they're just not going to be effective. So I don't, I don't think you'll ever get people to regress. Right. The only way that you're going to get people to stop doing native ads is if you stop, if they stop working, right? Or somebody, right, like a Google develops an ad blocker that can pick up on that stuff.
1: So I guess my frustration is it's multi-pronged. Also, so every particular sites they rub me the wrong way just because, right? So social media, I, I just put the move the advertising if that's how if that's the only way you can make money, you're trying to monetize the user data. Okay. Don't try to slip it into my feed because that's annoying. Where
0: are they if, gonna put it then?
1: I, I don't know. I don't I don't know, I don't really care. Like figure it out. Um but i I just think that's that's wrong. I think for like blogs, you know, if you like this article, you'll love these other eight. And all eight of them are like clickbait. Advertising links that lead you some random Right, because
0: that's like a widget that you can drop in from freaking WordPress that yeah. is an advertising widget, right? Somebody is just yeah. paying money to have that displayed on everybody's website. And yeah, those articles are garbage. I freaking, like as the SB Nation sites do that and it drives me nuts. There's like one article will be from that site that you're reading and then the other six will be from a bunch of really shitty clickbait sites.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that if it could figure that part out, I I don't have a fight with advertising. I have a fight with like I guess the laziness of it.
0: No, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I think you know it's gotten to the point where it's like, well, this is easier, right? I don't have to think as much. I can let the data tell me what it is I'm supposed to do. I I, I don't know. That so, and that was my, the whole thing that I enjoyed about marketing was the whole creative process of trying to figure out like how do I create something engaging that somebody's going to find enjoyable to the fa- to the point where they're going to go yeah I want to click on this like trying to provide some value somehow
1: you know the struggle I have just writing an article for my blog <laughs> so because I'm not trying to trick people I'm not trying to I don't want to convince you I want to hopefully help you and. and if I can be a solution to a problem that you have, then that's good. So I, I guess for, you know, back to what I was saying before, every site's a little bit different. If media, if print media brought back the creativity, if they, if, if we're going to stop, you know, just turning marketers into button clickers and and like, let this program do the work for me and hopefully it works, then maybe they'll get some more. I,
0: I have bad news for you. They are already building the next generation of people who are going to engage with even more native content than what we've been putting up with. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan or Evan YouTube or Jojo Siwa or any of these other YouTube characters now that kids are being created or turned into to market shit back to more kids. So my daughter, six years old, loves... These two shows, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan's World or whatever, and Evan YouTube, whatever. I don't even know. Basically, with Ryan, he's this kid where his parents just started filming him opening all these. Is he eight? Kids, and he's like eight, maybe ten now. If that Is he made like twenty six million dollars last year. Yeah, he was the he was the most profitable YouTuber in the entire world last year. I don't know him, but I heard about him, and that's just isn't it though. And if you watched it and saw the garbage that they put out, like it's I mean it's deplorable. It's really like and I just don't get it. It's it's absolute garbage television and my kid loves it. And all it is is advertising. That's literally everything is just hey, here's this product I'm playing with. Hey, here's this product I'm playing with. Oh, look at all the parts that come in this. Like And then all I get is, I want this, I want this, I want this, 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 to the point where I told her, I was like, if I hear that one more time, you're not watching that stuff anymore.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, then we're in a, wow, we're in a... But
0: that's what I'm saying is like, they're already building the next generation of people to respond to that type of advertising. And it's getting worse, right? Yeah. Because I've tried explaining it to her, like, honey, these are just ads. That's all it is. I know you like watching it. I don't know why. I know you (laughs) do. But all they're doing is trying to sell you this stuff. They just want you to come running to me and say, Hey, I need this. She said, but I do need it.
1: (laughs) So why, why does Steve jobs not let his kids play with iPads and iPhones? Right. Right. Um, Wow. That's, I mean, that's sad. Um, Again, I want businesses to be successful, but I,
0: I hope they, I'm sorry, but you have a moral obligation. I think as, as any human to not, to not take advantage of that kind of stuff to the point where you are degrading society. Right. And I think I think there are plenty of people in power or in positions of power who know exactly what they're doing and couldn't care less about the impact that it's having because ultimately they're raking in the money.
1: <sighs> Sad and unfortunate. But I do believe that people are smart enough,
0: like I said before, to be better stewards,
1: right? And I agree.
0: I I, I think we definitely can be better. Right. I think like we all have to be better ultimately.
1: Yeah. Um, And in a lot of ways
0: in this society, the only, not the only, the best way to do that is to vote with your wallet. Right. Don't support the things that you don't agree with financially.
1: Yeah. Like I, I really like (laughs) last week and I was thinking about opening up a Facebook account. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I just, I just literally can't make myself do it. Um, Having some conviction is it's it, it's important. It's better than and having obviously. no conviction. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're I mean, talking about
0: an arrest record. In which case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not advocating people getting arrested. <laughs> but I but I think that people are just like it's just it's mind blowing. It's like I turn into my dad. Like I really. I mean, I think every kid eventually, no matter what you want to believe, you're going to turn to your parents. Oh yeah.
0: No, every single day. Um, and you know, like I kind of rolled my eyes about it at first, uh, and was like, Oh wow. I'm really turning into my dad. But now the more and more I look at it, like I think it's a really good thing. And I'm not just saying that because I know he's going to listen to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, my, my dad probably won't listen to it, but it's like, uh, it's just it's just silly to me that people I mean you eventually turn to your parents um, and that's how I figured out that I'm part of the problem for millennials <laughs> you know yeah I mean because I start when you start to really think and think about why are you doing something why are you responding this way uh, why are people doing that like people around you oh crap I totally I had something to do with that I mean turning into your parents isn't a bad thing as long as they're not like you know, mass murderers or anything but yeah. They, they're alive. They figured something out. So give them a high five. I'm, I'm trying to get my kids to give me high fives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're just really telling your kids, Hey, it's not going to be that bad when you turn out to be just like me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll appreciate it in the long run. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mark, social media, it's, it's just, I, I really tried to look and see um, what the purpose was. And when I ran across that whole like rail on Michelle Obama, and it's not like I'm a I'm a big Michelle Obama fan. It's just like, is this the place for that? This is the professional network. Yeah. I wonder I how you I wonder how you lead your team. I wonder yeah. how. I wonder if I can evaluate things you say you believe in by what you're actually doing. Um,
0: well, and you know I'm I'm a firm believer that while I you know I think you and I both. I'm perfectly comfortable talking about right politics and religion and all of that stuff. I also yeah. think that that doesn't should ne- right never be influential in the workplace.
1: I don't know if I understand. I don't know if I agree
0: or disagree with that statement. Okay. Is it because you didn't know what I said? <laughs> 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 no. I mean, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that, like, yeah, right. You shouldn't treat somebody differently in the workplace because of their political affiliation okay. or because of the religion that they practice right That's right? i agree hundred percent um that should not have influence right over the the interactions that we have within the workplace or the way that we treat people sorry, sorry not that it shouldn't have influence over because obviously yeah that those okay, are that, elements that, of your life yeah so i okay let me restate that so shouldn't influence the way that or, or shouldn't have an impact on the way that people treat or you treat people or that you are treated within the workplace
1: yeah okay because i was
0: i think that was the speed bump my mind was like
1: no, that's not true yeah
0: uh, no obviously <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i mean i yeah i always laugh when people say like don't talk about politics or religion I'm like why not like it's part of who i am yeah. right in uh, religion is one of those things where it's like, yeah, you you can go somewhere with that. I'll talk about it, and I don't really care. Um, doesn't mean that I'm trying. I will. I, I'm not a I'm not a salesman. I never try to convince people to do anything. Like, I was a terrible salesman when I was a salesman because um, because I don't care. It's like you don't want to buy it. I I got it. I understand. Have a good day. Why should get them to do this? Because they didn't want it. <laughs> Like I'm, a, I believe that people say they're good closers. They're good at knowing how big their ego is yeah. and how much they need to, like inflate their ego. A person has decided to buy something. The time they have a conversation with you, yeah. Like if you're a good salesperson, you you recognize you're able to recognize when somebody's about to buy something. Like a car, a car salesman,
0: dude. I'll tell you what, you're more me, likely to scare off a sale. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> than you are to actually convince somebody to buy a car. That yeah. happened to me. I mean, oh, like really? I, I went to buy a car. I, I was, I knew what I wanted, right, and I knew the price point I could get it at, and it was well within reason. And the salesperson was incredibly pushy. Um, basically, called and threatened me at one point because they had brought the car over from another dealership, and I hadn't given them a response yet because they hadn't gotten back to me on my reasonable price request Um, not to mention that at the time i was introduced to the sales manager who told me that he would be there to work the final numbers and then both times i went in to meet with him to work the final numbers he was nowhere to be seen but then i was assured that the deal that i was being presented was the best deal that was available
1: it typically never is
0: no of course not and so i walked
1: i'll tell you what when i sold cars I was like the dirtiest
0: that I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> like,
1: I was like, this is a, this is a non, I just, non-season. but uh,
0: you know, even with car sales, I think there's a way to do it. Right. Um, it, there's a way it, to do it without having to feel dirty, but most, I, most environments don't allow for it. That's the yeah. problem is that you have these, you know, you have these expectations of pushing and especially, I mean, the, the automotive market right now is who not doing good. I think that, I think that market's gonna fall apart sooner than later. They are grossly overproducing for a population of people that aren't interested in driving. Yeah. And for an and and thinking that my generation and your generation and my parents generation are gonna continue to buy new cars like every three to four years. No. That's silly. No, because mine and your all three of those generations now have been brought up to try and take care of those things yeah. <laughs> as best we can and make them last like i just yeah it doesn't make any sense to me what what they're doing there but i also i mean what what are you going to do you can't i mean they, I need get, to, they need to actually like bite the bullet and make a an electric truck yeah
1: right the number one selling vehicle has been trucks specifically
0: the f-150 and i and i totally agree that that is a viable option to get back into it because then you have an entirely new market of people who are specifically looking to trade in an older gas powered vehicle for an electric powered vehicle yep you will get people to switch much sooner in that regard than you would waiting for them to go oh i really like that new package on the you know explorer that looks just like the one from 20 years ago
1: but costs four thousand dollars more,
0: dude. I, I, somebody on the internet was talking about buying a sixty-five thousand dollars Ford Explorer. That makes no sense. No, I know. Why would you ever do that?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it's well, it's an American car. <laughs> but I, I really want Ford to. Here's why. Here's what I'm calling. I think there's going to be a race between Tesla and Ford to get um,
0: the electric truck.
1: The electric truck. Yeah. I believe that Tesla will will meet production, and yeah. they will like to get their uh, Cybertruck out. It's a not a very attractive vehicle, but not the least. functionality is bananas. Like
0: I would, I don't know, man. It. I mean, I don't want anybody shooting at those windows while I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a baseball or rock or whatever or like a A metal bearing yeah Yeah, why would you do that
0: I don't know uh, of all the things to throw like I mean I get I get you're trying to impress people but like yeah I don't want to rail on Elon Musk no
1: no I don't either I mean I yeah that that dude's sipping his own Kool-Aid though I'll tell you that much yeah Uh, and he wants he's very Steve Jobs-esque but not being Steve Jobs so um, I think the Cybertruck Functionalities is a nice vehicle appearance wise not so much i think ford has they have to get a vehicle in production and then that will be the game changer um i'm gonna i'm gonna try my best to hold out to either buy or lease um my next vehicle to be electric mm-hmm. in hopes of ford getting a nice vehicle out as far as a truck goes That'd be great. Um, i'd like to see it yeah but i if they, if the auto industry was, a way, you know, figured out a way to get electric trucks on the road, and Ford and GM and Chrysler were able to get decent-looking electric vehicles like cars, it would probably push the needle a little bit more. But the the the, the linchpin is going to be Ford in the pickup. Um, yeah, but-
0: I, I I agree. You know, I'm, I just. It's frustrating because you know that the automotive industry has been sitting on electric vehicles for so long, and and screw GM. I will never buy. It. I don't care if GM comes out with
1: the sexiest electric vehicle. I will never, ever, ever buy one of their vehicles. I think they're a crap company. I think they have screw them. I-, I I would just never do it. I would I would just probably nah. I'm good. Yeah. Like and I like cat like the new Cadillacs are sexy. They are the, the uh, Corvette C8, I believe the the new super coupe looking one.
0: Yeah, I my problem with the Corvette, and I and I know why they haven't, but it's just it it doesn't look that much different from. I mean, they haven't changed much on it over the years. It's basically the same looking car.
1: It's a it's a beautiful car though. It's a nice looking car. i I would lie. not. I would never drive. I will never spend my hard-earned money on a gm i and the way they 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 keep fighting with the auto union yeah that's the fault anyway <laughs> they have a union to deal with but yo their commercial with the uh family discount made mm-hmm. me laugh yeah the discount we have i'm like y- you just laid off like fifty thousand people
0: that's the discount you get yeah <laughs> <laughs> You get all of their discounts because they don't have to give them out to them anymore. That's the whole reason they laid those people off was because they didn't want them to use their GM discount. Man, jokes on them though, because now we get we all get them, including those fifty thousand people they laid off. Oh gosh, I I just can't do it. No, and it's yeah, it's um, that's that's again where I think you know, uh, corporations right have a moral. What's the word? Obligation. Hey, they, to... they have a moral obligation, I think, to the society, to society in general. To
1: they, they just got the Supreme Court a couple of years ago to say that they can uh, donate dark money, right? Well, and so that they... they're
0: that, that they're people, right? Yeah, like, people. If companies are people, then why the hell can't I put? You know, why are, why don't these people ever go to jail? That's what I want to know. That's
1: that's a very good question.
0: Probably a good topic for next time. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think that was everything that we wanted to cover today yeah that's an hour and a half man yeah time flies when you're having fun right
1: i know right <laughs> So to the vast audience in the chris and andre world thanks for listening to another episode uh, we'll be back next week um we try to record these and get them out the same day
0: Yeah, I try to get them out um, Tuesday nights, if I can, um, at the latest Wednesday mornings. Um, So, um, yeah, you know, we're fortunate in that I think we've now gotten approved on all of the different um, streaming services. So you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, Pandora... Um, If there's anything else that you listen to your podcast on, I don't know how you would be listening to this one. Maybe you chose to listen to us on some other platform, but if there's something else that you regularly listen to your podcast on, feel free to drop us a line. Um, We'd be happy to try and add it there as well. Um, Thank you to everybody that has been um, helping us out in kind of sharing the word about the Chris and Andre show. It's, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's really just a passion project for the two of us but um we love getting feedback and um hearing from people that you know um we're doing something that they enjoy so the more engagement that we get the uh the happier we are and the happier we are the better these podcasts will be so um yeah. it's your job to make us happy so go <laughs> do your job <laughs> No, and in, uh, Nico, I have your sticker here. I just have to get a stamp, and I'll drop it in the mail. So you should have that later this week. Um, Andre doesn't have his yet, so you are you might get one before him. Yeah. I don't – well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> one other housekeeping note just um, – we will be back next week, but we may have to take the following couple of weeks off because I will be traveling to Denver and then Arizona. Um, but maybe we can squeeze one in the week that I get back. We might It might just be a little later in the week. So um, we, if we go dark for a week there, it's not because anything bad happened. It's just because Chris has to actually do his job. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants to listen and talk to myself for
0: an hour. for two weeks in a row that'd be kind of weird actually that might be pretty hilarious we might have to do that um we're also we're we're working on some new segments that we're going to try and introduce here coming up i just didn't have a lot of time this week or didn't make the time to prepare for them so um but if you have any thoughts on other things you'd like to hear us talk about as always drop us a line at the chris and andre show at gmail.com hit us up on one of our social media um profiles or um you know if you want to send something in the mail um don't because that'd be weird i'm not giving yeah. my address to everybody
1: <laughs> and chris by the way you apologized for something i did um, yeah you said you said something you said oh, i'm sorry I'm like well don't apologize change the behavior um so, <laughs> so always remember that Words yeah
0: always. nice <sighs> thanks andre you're welcome <laughs> hey. I will change the behavior, I promise. <laughs> Dude, we didn't even get to talk about vegan food this week. That's weird. Know, right? That's a really weird one. Um, real quick, before we wrap, we did go to the vegan um, community kitchen in Apex last week. Freaking amazing food. If you, uh, even if you're not vegan, I highly recommend you take the time to go check it out. Um, really good desserts, um, fantastic specials, like just, yeah, everything is amazing. Go eat it all.
1: Yeah, it's great food, great food. New, new hot spot, so we're going to try to shout them out as much as possible.
0: Yep. We want to make sure we keep all of our vegan options uh, open for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, and until then, um, stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> Why do they say you should always wear long pants when you go to Washington DC? To keep out the politics.